57 in your pew Bibles. But first, pray with me. Heavenly Father, your word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Thank you that we have your word and that it is powerful. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. As we come before you to read your word, help us to take it to heart that we might be conformed to your image. Open our eyes, ears, and hearts that through your words our lives may be changed. Fill our hearts with your presence and our minds with your power to learn. In your Holy Son's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 8. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty grounds springs of water. In the haunted jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. Thanks, Karen. Good morning. As Will, I said, we just spent a glorious week in Coupon, uh, Santa Rita, Honduras, with 25 just marvelous young people and saw things that uh, you only see in those kind of situations. Um, and it was just a great time, but you know you've been in another country for a while, and I'm at home with my wife, and she asked me something. I said, si, senorita, and she said, what did you say? So, in fact, it was just, a, it was just uh, almost less than a week ago when Will and I and these young folks and then Cal and Dick and we were preaching, we were in Santa Rita, and preaching this little church, and it's really different to preach with a translator, because I just, you know, me, I just can roll, you know, Murray and I have the gift of fast uh, preaching, and so <clears throat> we got to stop and let someone translate, it was really funny, and I was really excited, there were thousands, there were hundreds of people packed in this little church, and these little Mayan women, literally Mayan men and women are about that tall, and they're just all out there, and I get up, and I think I'm just going <clears> to <throat> start off great. And so I have a translator, but I get up and I go, Buenas tardes. And I look at him to translate. He's like, you just spoke in Spanish. <laughs> so he kind of started off like that. And it's funny to be in a different culture. Um, <clears throat> last year, we had some folks go with the same group, Dr. Keister and medical group that they've been going to the same place for years, the Rice Foundation. He said last year, this woman tried so hard to, to speak Spanish. She was trying to go around to people and say, compromiso. Compromiso, which means excuse me or pardon me, but she was saying compoyo, compoyo. So she's walking around to people saying with chicken. 
with chicken. <laughs> with chicken, so it's always a little different. We're glad to be back here, and it's fun to, to preach without a translator. Um, you may need one, but I hope not. So let's go look at the scripture. We've been studying the book of Ephesus. I should say the letter to Ephesus, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I can't think of a more appropriate uh, selection after what we've just been through. Let's look at Ephesians 5, verses 5 through 21. Pages 1244-1245 there in your pew Bible. <clears throat> Paul continues, we've gone through theology. Now we're just talking about practical, how do you do it? We've talked about all the things about grace, but now he's talking about this is how you do it. <clears throat> read with me. Ephesians 5, let's start in verse 5. I'll read in English. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous, that is an idolater, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. So there's a true story. Atlanta... Their football, the Atlanta Falcons, they wanted to build this massive, wonderful new stadium to attract more and more people. So when they finally finished their brand new stadium, it was a work of art. It had more escalator, escalators than almost any building in the United States. You could get all the way up and all the way down and never have to walk. And so they opened their first big game. It was a packed house, and the Falcons won, which is not always happens. And they're folks are celebrating. They're coming down and trying to get out of the state of this escalator. And there's tens of thousands of people on these moving escalators. You literally never have to take a step. And they they broke down. And so there's thousands of people just standing on an escalator, just waiting. Finally, some old guy in the back says, just walk. Just start walking. And people kind of, (laughs) and they, they cleared the escalator. Well, Paul's kind of saying, just walk. If we call ourselves believers and we're, we're not about religion, we're about walking. Paul says basically, no loitering. You see those signs around? You see those signs in malls? You always see these signs around high schools because in the tootin' tones or whatever, you know, the kids will come in, they'll just hang out. And they won't buy anything. That's really not good for a business. So it says, no loitering. Don't just hang out. It's a Dutch word. It means don't waggle around. Don't just waggle around. It means that Wikipedia or the dictionary says loitering is to just stand or wait around idly without an apparent purpose, to meander, to drift. Unfortunately, 
Paul says our tendency as church people, the tendency is to just, just loiter around, just loiter in and out of the church, just waggle around, just go to church and back with no real purpose, just to loiter through life. And Paul says, no, Christianity is a verb. It is, it's, it, it uses this great word to walk. Scripture calls walking. It's an intimate relationship. It's not a thought process. It's not a belief system. It is an activity. It is a verb. Adam and Eve didn't loiter with the Lord. They walked. He says, walk with me in the garden, not let's just loiter around. David walked in the valley of the shadow. He didn't loiter through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus didn't come along to the disciples and say, hey, guys, let's go loiter. He says, follow me. Leave there. Move from there to here. Walk with me. Let's walk, not loiter. When Jesus was standing down, he didn't say, Peter, come loiter on the water. <laughs> you know. And Peter loitered and then sank. That's not what happened. He walked. The term walk means in Scripture, it's all through Scripture. It's a verb. It means to live a daily life. It means to move forward. It means to live daily with me. When we were in Honduras, this little boy named William was with us. I think we might have a picture of William. <clears throat> William is about an eight-year-old boy. He's an orphan. This is Dick Doyle with William. William has a, one of the worst cleft palates you'll ever see. William talks with that <clears throat> cleft palate kind of mumble in Spanish. So it's already hard to understand, but he, he has this... His lip is very disfigured. The sad thing is a Honduran doctor tried to fix it and made it worse. So he has this... If you look at the side under his mouth, it's all horribly open under his teeth. And there's a prosthesis that doesn't work very well. <clears throat> but William has been around. And the Rice Foundation, this group of folks, have loved on William. And William walked with us all week. He wasn't just somebody that was coming up. And I'm not speaking poorly of this. He didn't just want stuff from us. We had lots of kids... Everywhere you go, there's these sweet poor little minds that want you to buy. They want you to, I mean, it's always in your face. Buy this, buy this, buy this. And I'm, you know, after about 10 of these, I'm like, well, my wife's going to kill me. Um, but William didn't just want stuff. He walked with us. He went to the work site where we're building this school for these Christian kids to get out of these horrible conditions and have a wonderful building. He worked, he and I, all day, wheelbarrow dirt up and down. He's there doing rebar. He worked with these kids every day. And then he went to worship with us. And he came with us at night in our devotionals. He had no idea half the time what was going on. He ate with us. He, he ziplined with us. The kids never been out of the city. He went <laughs> down these zip lines because he just wanted to walk with us. And that's what the scripture says Jesus is talking about. To walk, to go with him. Colossians says, as many of you who have received him, so walk in him. It's an active verb. We're not a works-oriented church, but we're an active church. Like Bob Goff said, Love does. It doesn't just loiter. It doesn't just keep coming to the church and say, give, give me, give me, give me, give me uh, more for me, more for me. No loitering. We, we do things. We walk together. That's what Paul's saying. And he says, you have to choose how you're going to walk. There. You can walk in two different ways. Before we talked about, and Paul always does the contrast. You're either dead or you're alive in Christ. He says, you're either walking. Nobody's just sitting still. There's no such thing as a static spiritual life. You're either walking in the light or you're walking in darkness. And if you're a non-believer, you're walking in darkness, you need to be aware. If you're a believer, we need to quit flirting and quit skipping over into the darkness. Paul says, if we walk as light, we need to quit living like children of the darkness. And here's what darkness looks like. He said, you used to walk in the dark, but now you're light. So let's just look at what, in, what walking in the darkness, how he describes these things and how we struggle with this. The first thing he says is, sexual, those who practice sexual immorality and impurity 
Or then those who practice covetousness, you're walking in the dark. And that's kind of weird. Why would he just take out of all the Ten Commandments and all the things, why would he just say, if you are sexually promiscuous, sexually involved, sexually wrapped up in pornography or lusting or, or multiple partners or outside of the marriage between a, a man and woman, if you're doing that, <clears throat> you're walking in the darkness. But then, so all the church people and all the, 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 the pure people and all the people that don't struggle with sex go, yeah, you dirty people. But then he comes way over here and he says, oh, and if you're greedy and covetous, you're also walking in the dark. Do you see what he does here? He takes an outside experience that some people struggle with, an outward, and he takes an inward experience and says it's the same. You're worshiping a false god. You're an adulterer. You're either worshiping sex and sexuality and Fifty Shades of Grey and Magic Mike and all this sexual stuff. You're into that or... You're into coveting. You just want more stuff. <clears throat> it's amazing in our culture how few sermons are ever preached on greed. Tim Keller says that greed and covetousness are the least preached topic, sin, in all of America. No surprise. Nobody wants to hear about greed and covetousness. In fact, we think greed is good, as, as the old Wall Street, uh, you know, the, the movie Greed is Good. We think that people are drivers and they're achievers and people that have more must be somehow a better class. Our culture has taken greed and made it a, a virtue. And Paul says greed is as, as, as bad as sitting on, on and watching porn all night or sleeping around. It's all a matter of who you worship. How is it that we get more upset about 200,000 Honduran children sitting at the border in Texas and upset that they're going to take our job and our money, but we're not upset that we paid some man $205 million to bounce a basketball? How is that not upsetting to us? Whatever your politics are, what kind of country are we that that's okay? We don't pay our teachers, but we pay people to throw a baseball. Millions of dollars that can feed everybody sitting down there at the border. I'm not getting political. I'm just thinking, what is our idol? And it's not if you, I want you to hear this. He says, none of those people shall inherit the kingdom of God. This doesn't mean that you struggle with lust or you struggle with pornography or you struggle sexually ever so often or that you struggle with greed like we all do when I want my new car. It doesn't mean that you occasionally struggle with it. It's you've chosen a lifestyle. I'm going to sleep with who I want to sleep with. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. I'm going to buy stuff. I'm going to get all I can while I can. It's a lifestyle that you've chosen to say, this is okay. That means you walk in the darkness. That means you've really not walked in the light. Not that you struggle with it. Not that every once in a while, because we all do, and I'm the biggest hypocrite here. It means that you're walking in it, not that you're struggling with it. He goes on and talks about some other things here. He talks about, this is some more signs that we're walking in the dark. That you're um, deceived. That you partake. That we go along with the lifestyle of our culture. That we say, it's okay that there's another magic mic that we're going to line up and watch. It's okay that Fifty Shades of Grey is the most popular book. It's okay that LeBron gets more money and that we're happier that he's going to, back to Cleveland. It's okay that, that, that we go along with this mentality. It's okay that we redefine marriage. It's okay that we redefine sexuality. That we just go along with that. That's deceiving. That's partaking, it says. That we just go right along with that. He says that we, dis- we disobey, that we're deceived, that we're okay with the idolatry of our country. That's walking in the darkness. That's either we're not saved or we're just look just like the world and we don't look saved. Paul says walk in light, not the darkness. There's a couple more touchy things here. He says things done in secret. 
that people who live in the dark because they don't know Jesus, or those of us who do know the dark, what do we do in the secret? In secret? What do we do in the dark? <laughs> you don't want to know. What kind of things? Bill Heibel wrote a book called, Who Are You When No One's Looking? That's my real heart, isn't it? Why do I do it in the dark? What am I doing in the dark that I can't do in the light? What am I doing on Saturday nights or in the privacy of my own hotel room or whatever that I couldn't do right here in church? That's the darkness. And if you just say, that's okay, then you may not know Jesus. If we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm a child of light, but I'm going to live in the darkness, then, then we're deceived, it says, that, that we're, we have a problem. What am I doing in the darkness? Christ says, bring it. And he says, guess what? It's going to all be exposed. I hate flipping on the light in my closet and looking under the, my wife won't even go into my closet. I, I, I don't want to know what's under there. The light exposes things. Guess what? Someday, everything will come to light. And the good news is, if we walk in the light, it'll be forgiven. It'll be washed away. Then here's a touchy one. He says, don't get drunk. <laughs> Murray always kind of laughs. She says, if you want to find a bunch of Presbyterians on Saturday, just go to the wine section in Sam's. <laughs> he says, it's funny, when I come up, they all scatter. <laughs> I have to be real careful here. We are not a legalistic teetotaling. We're not all about that alcohol. This is a hard thing to talk about. Let me just say this. He says, don't get drunk. Now, some folks, like I work with kids who can't get near alcohol, even if they're of age, is a killer for them. But Paul doesn't say that forever. The scripture doesn't say never touch alcohol. It says don't get drunk. And, and here's the reason. It, it, here's what it means. It means a lifestyle of being inebriated in order to cope, to socialize, to forget, to feel good. It's not an occasional drink, but self-medication to create a false joy, counterfeiting joy of the Holy Spirit. I've got to have this to get through the day. It's not one or two beers, it's ten beers. It's not occasional, it's daily having to have alcohol to survive or some other form of self-medication. G.K. Chesterton said, joy is the gigantic secret of the Christian, not Jack Daniels. He didn't say that part. I don't have to drink, smoke, eat something to have a sense of joy and peace. The Holy Spirit gives me joy. That other stuff, it's just like any other thing. It can be used for good or for evil. If I'm using it to cope, then I need to deal with that. That's the darkness. Does it say I'm going to drink and I'm going to eat and I'm going to take pills and I'm going to buy stuff as much as I want. I'm going to fill this. I'm going to make joy out of that. That's when we're walking in darkness. Don't get caught up in the legalism of it. Why am I doing it? Is the Holy Spirit not enough? Is the Holy Spirit not enough? So let's go to the good news. Paul says, instead of that stuff, here's what walking in the light looks like. Here's how we know we're in the light. Are we pleasing to the Lord? At the end of my day, does the Lord say, and this is not a works mentality. Does the Lord say, well done, my true and faithful servants. Well done. I am pleased with you. Just like, the, just like when, when Christ came up out of the, the Jordan River and John baptized him, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. If I know Christ, I'm pleasing to him. He said, Vicky is my beloved daughter. Matt is my beloved son. I love what you did today. Yeah, you screwed up. Yeah, you dabbled in the darkness, but you're my child of light. Is my life pleasing to the Lord? Not so he'll love me, but because he loves me. He says this, be careful how you walk. Walk as wise men. Man, we stayed in this little Santa Rita village, and the, the, the girls and some of the guys stayed, and later stayed down this hotel. Then there was this highway. <laughs> The Central American Highway, the, the highway that goes through all of Central America. And it literally is from here to there. It's this far. And I'm talking about, you think Murray drives fast? These people, 100 miles an hour, semis, motorcycles, 
They, and all that, the only, there's no stop signs, they just honk at you. And literally, my, our, our young people, <laughs> I tell you this, are coming from this mission house every morning and night and walking across that highway. And literally, if you're walking like this and there's a little path, you one step and you're a dead man. In fact, one of our kids had a yank, had a, was, they, they were walking like this and the guy looked over and he grabbed two guys and pulled them back. Evan almost got smacked. He had to walk wisely or it will kill you. It was a frightening place. And Paul says, that's what a spiritual life is like. You walk wisely. If you keep flirting over here, you're going to get smacked. You keep playing around with your marriage, it's going to get destroyed. You keep playing around with addiction. You keep playing around with pornography. You keep playing around with gossip and legalism. You keep playing around with religion. You're going to get smacked. You better keep watching. You need to, in the name of Christ, be wise. Be careful. There are things that aren't sin, but they're just not smart. And they destroy lives. Walk carefully. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That's a very interesting time. How much of my life, and I'm, not, I'm just not taking advantage of things. God is, hey, what, hey, Kim, hey, here's a chance. Here's an opportunity. Here's a person on an airplane. Here's a friend at work. Here's your neighbor. Here's somebody in need. Now, I got my little schedule. It's, it's, in, my, it's in my iPhone when I'm, when I'm going to serve the Lord. We're all, this great spiritual group, and we're all in this mission house, and we're, we're all singing. You know, these, these kids are great singers. We're singing and praising the Lord, and, and we're reading Scripture, and there's these poor kids on the porch of the mission house, and they're looking in the window. And I'm like, hey, would you, would you close up? Get those kids out of here. What? Why did we come here? There's poor kids on their porch, and they're looking in. And like, and what, this is why we're here. And we step out, and this one little Mayan lady with these three little kids, this 11-year-old pregnant daughter that got raped, is on the porch. And we're like, oh, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're having worship. Could you go away? No, that's darkness. And we walk out there, and the card of the translator says, this woman, we try not to have people always come here because we just can't handle everybody. It was like Jesus trying to go to bed at night, and people kept coming to the door. And he says, this family lives in a shack. The roof is blown off, and rain is just coming in on these people. And it just it, with $150, we can, we can put a roof back on that place. We can feed them. I know it's not in your budget. Can we do it? Well, of course we can do it. I spent that much money at BL Bistro the other day. Yes, I can do We can do that. And so he would go back in and tell the young people. And they're like, some kid comes up to me and says, my grandmother gave me this for buying souvenirs. Here you go. Make the most of every opportunity. Somebody's got a roof. We're not bragging. Why am I not doing that all the time? And I love this part. Singing hymns and psalms. Making melody in your heart in the Lord. We're always singing something. Unfortunately, we have some stupid song stuck in our head half the day. Don't worry, be happy or whatever. Something just stays in your head. You hear it. If we're walking in the light, there should always be. He says there's always a hymn. There should be a psalm. We should be singing to the Lord. I worked all week next to Dick Doyle. The man is always whistling. I'm over there complaining because I'm covered in cement, and he's just whistling while he works. And I, I hear him. He just, I'm just standing next to him, waiting in line for somewhere, and he's singing this new song. This is amazing grace. This is an any love. And Dick's just singing over. He's making melody in his heart. What kind of music are you singing? I've had a chance to work with Alzheimer's patients in hospice before. It's very interesting with Alzheimer's. They'll forget their name. They'll forget your name. They'll forget family members. They'll forget whether they just ate or not, whether they took a pill. 
But guess what they always, always remember? Dancing, scripture, and music. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to be sitting in a nursing home humming, can't get no satisfaction or highway to hell or something. I want to be singing, the Lord is good. I want to be humming, how great thou art. Are we bathing ourselves in scripture and psalms and singing to the Lord? All that junk on the radio, and I love music, but man, sometimes I just need to be, to know the scripture. It should be a part, and I should be singing, even in the midst of trouble. What did Paul and Silas do as they were hanging in a prison after being beaten? They're singing. You know, if you're happy to know it, clap your hands. Well, we can't, you know. (laughs) They're singing. They're singing. Then a couple more things that Paul says. This shows you're walking in the light. We're singing. But then he also says, you're giving thanks. Are we thankful people? Am I always frustrated about what I don't have? Am I always looking for the next, the next purchase, the next accumulation? There's more crap in my closet than all of San Jacinto. This part of Amarillo, I can take care of this part of Amarillo in two seconds. But I find myself out selling my junk to poor people who had to, don't even have enough money to get gas to get to my house. Here, take it. It's yours. Our church is doing that well. Let's keep doing that. Giving thanks, not just accumulating. Our bus driver that drove us fast and scarily all through Honduras, I had this old pocket knife that my father-in-law gave me. It's a knife. And I just said, hey, here, Edwin, and if, for the next three days, show me how it works. He just, this, this knife meant the world to him, and I'm frustrated about not getting a new company car in time. Giving thanks. And then finally, submitting to each other. This is a tough one. We want to be number one in, in, in America. We want to be the boss. We want to be the top. We want to be in charge. We want to be in control. We want to run things my way. I know how to do this better than you. I know how to run the church better than you. I know how to run my business better than you. I know how to run my house better than you. We always want to be in charge. The Bible doesn't say that. It says the first shall be last. Submitting to one another. There are places in my life where Lisa, most places, knows so much more and is better than I am. There are places in this church that you do things better than somebody else. I brought, Will and I, we got 27 kids through your help. We got them in the mountains. They're, having, they're wonderful young people. We got them on the construction site, and I'm like, uh, what's a rebar look like? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that, I don't know what a corner is. So Cal and Dick and these Hondurans, man, just show me, just show me where to stand. Give me a shovel. I don't want to be in charge. The thing, we wouldn't have gotten anything done. We built entire roofs because, and, and a whole foundation because of these guys. Are we submitted to one another? That's really going to happen next week in the scriptures. So how do we do this? How do we not walk here and walk here? First, you've got to know Jesus Christ. You've got to know Christ. Well, actually, how do I walk in the light and not flirt with darkness? It says it right here. I love this verse. It, it, it's wonderful. And I think Murray said he used to say this to his children to wake them up for school every week. I love this. Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Wake up. Walk in the light. We, we had the chance to go up to this waterfall. and It was this crevice, wonderful waterfall. Just this slot in this Honduran mountains. And there's a waterfall and the light. Literally, it, looked like some, it was like someone shining the floodlight right there. We baptized Crystal. One of our students was wanting to be baptized right there. And the way we found the waterfall is we just followed this beam of light. And we stood in the light. That's what it says. Wake up. Walk towards the light. How do we do this? How do we walk towards the light? What does that look like? This is what it looks like. You've got to worship together, not by yourself. You've got to go to Scripture daily and be illuminated. You've got to go to prayer. We've got to seek 
other walkers. We can't walk alone. That's the American curse is this Lone Ranger Christianity, this Lone Ranger. You've got to walk in the light with each other. Small groups, do something, serve, plug in. Just do it scripturally. Give sacrificially. Get in the light. That's what it looks like. Why would I do this? To earn God's love? No, I don't have to. Why? Because he who is the light became darkness. Christ, the light himself, sitting in a throne next to the creator of light, the God of the universe, left his light and went into darkness, took my darkness on and your darkness on, and went to hell so that we could be in the light. He became dark so we could be light. That's the only way to walk in the darkness. So continue. People say, don't go towards the light. Do go towards the light. Do walk towards the light. Quit loitering. Quit flirting with the edge of the highway. If you don't know Jesus, you're walking in darkness and you're going to get run over. It's not going to get better. If we do know Jesus, let's quit living like people of the darkness. Awake. Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead. Let the light of Christ shine on you. That's what this church is about. Let's start walking. Just walk. Can we do that? Let's do it. Amen.